I used to think that I'm the only person who can do all this work. And Steph was like, that's incorrect. She's like, look, I don't want to prove it to you, but literally just hire somebody to do one article for you, give them the title of the article and see what they come back with. And then you have an opinion on it. A couple of days later, I had an article and I read it and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was like immediately like, you're not special. Right. And that's a good thing. It's a good yeah. thing to have that like, you know, to deflate that ego because it was like, oh, all right, well, hold on. That opens up a whole new world for me where I don't have to write articles about algae anymore. This is amazing. And sort of taking that as not a blow to my ego, but a benefit to my business. Welcome to episode two of season eight of Live in the Feast. I'm Jason, aka Rez, helping you grow your business by having a conversation with someone who's been there, had success, and built a business design around the life that they want to live. That's Live in the Feast. If this is your first time listening, hit that subscribe button so that you get notified every time a new episode drops. Live in the Feast is in that podcast app of your choice. And if it's not, let me know. I'll get it there. I promise. <laughs> if you've heard the show before, leave us a review on iTunes or drop us a comment in Breaker or CastBox. Today's co-host is Matt Giovanisi. Matt is a podcaster. Go listen to his show called Money Lab. He's an online entrepreneur and founder of Money Lab. Same name as his podcast, but moneylab.co. Go check it out. And among all of that, he loves to rap and have a good time. I wanted to bring on Matt to the show to talk about his journey and unpack some of the thoughts around how he tries out so many different online ventures and business ideas and goes about learning all the things that he needs, well, that there are to learn about some of the things that he explores. Because if you're like me, you may get stuck or held up when trying new things because, well, you want to fully understand and know everything that there is before diving in. Since Matt has done client work, built online courses, built SaaS companies, as well as done audio and video production, I thought he'd be the perfect person to ask about this. In this episode, we dive into how to transition and shift your focus so that you can build new things. We talk about the exact thing about hiring your first person, even if you don't want to, and how to get past roadblocks that you have and running experiments for your business. This is a fun one. So here's Matt. Hey, Feasters. Welcome to another episode of Live in the Feast. I am super excited to be talking with Matt. Thank you, Matt. Oh, appreciate it being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's crazy time as, as we are in right now. Yeah. But I mean, you know, from the audience and the perspective of developers and designers and freelancers and sort of different walks of life, I mean, mm -hmm. it's like, it's a weird time because especially if you're working from home, like mm -hmm. your clients are now like, I know for me, my clients are like starting to ask me like, hey, what's some of the work from home tips? <laughs> really? Like, that. like I, wow. I got a couple of them over the past week or so. Uh, just like, how do you guard? Like, I'm like, you just need a defined workspace. You know, like yeah. all of the stuff that I haven't really thought about in years and years yeah. and years. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, they got to go through. That's that interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah. It got me thinking too. I'm like, hmm. There's like a whole new consultancy going on over here yeah. for that. We, I mean, we were all, we all kind of want it to go in this direction. And now a lot of people are forced in this direction and they're just like, what do you do? And I'm like, what do you mean? What do you do? You, this is what you want it, right? <laughs> this, is what, this is the dream. But no, it's not for everybody. No, it's definitely not. And, uh, you know, my sister was telling me over the weekend, she goes, you know, like now she is work at home now, mm -hmm. work from home mm -hmm. or whatever. And she's like, you know, we were talking with my mom and stuff. And my sister said, this is what Jason's been doing his whole life. Like, yeah. this is what he's been working up to. I'm like, what are you talking about? I've been doing it for 10 years. Right, not what right. I've worked up to. It's just your time now. Right. It just, it just happened. It happened to all of us and it's happening to you now. Yeah, exactly. So with that being said, I mean, mm -hmm. I, you know, this season's all about building business. Yeah. And 
for a lot of us developers and designers, we're in client and service work, right? Yes. Um, and I know you've built websites over the years, your own and, and some other, you know, businesses that and partnerships and things of that nature. Yep. Been a freelancer too. Yeah. And, yep, and so sure. the other aspect of this now is, is like, just because you have client services doesn't mean that that's always going to be there. So a lot of folks are looking to diversify, myself yes. included. I started diversifying a number of years ago with online courses and digital products and things of that nature. And I know that you, look, you've got a ton of, well, we got a, a whole portfolio of courses. Yeah. I, I just went through your build a course in 30 days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, right. And um, which was cool to see somebody else's perspective and how they build the course. And yes, got some tips there. And, and, uh, that was awesome. But like, take me back a little bit further when, I mean, first of all, I love the timeline. I've always had like, <laughs> oh, like on your, on your site. Like, yeah. I, I'm like, how do you keep tr like my head? I'm like, how do you keep track of all those months and dates and like all that stuff? But it's elegant. It's awesome. It's to the point and punchy and I love it. Yeah. But take me back to when. When you first like had that moment of clarity to say, hey, look, I could probably build a life for myself online. Mm. If you could recall, like, what did that look like or how did that come about? Yeah, I wouldn't say it was clarity. <laughs> it's so good. It was super muddy. But okay, sort of the timeline of events there. And, and, and again, you, men you mentioned my timeline. And if people want to reference it and see it, it's moneylab.co slash timeline. Pretty simple. And I had this idea for a website and it was just an idea and it was bred because I was working at a pool store as a pool boy, you know, somebody like that's a pool boy. I just stocked shelves and I tested people's water and I helped them, you know, clear their pools and stuff from a store. And at the same time, this other thing I was doing on the side, I was, I was in a rock band. We needed a website. We couldn't afford it. And so I was learning how to design websites just kind of as a, we needed it. Uh, this is before social media. And so, you know, I was taking out books and pulling up notepad and just trying to like bang out a website. So these two things happened at the same time. And I had been in the pool industry since I was 13. So that was going on for a while. And then I had just learned this new thing about websites. And I just said to myself, well, what if I just married these two worlds together? What if I created a website that did what I did at the store, which is teach people how to take care of their pools? That was the idea that I had in 2004. And two years went by that I did not act on an idea, but I did buy a domain name and I did lose that domain name because I didn't act on it. And then I had to buy that domain name back. And then it wasn't until a friend of mine said to me like, hey, for two years, man, you've been talking about this website idea you have, quote unquote, you have nothing to show for it. Why don't you stop talking and start building it? And I always thrive on negative motivation. If someone mm -hmm. tells me I can't, I will. You know, if someone tells me like, it's impossible, I will, I will do whatever it takes to make it possible or something. And I like that motivation. I, I personally, mm -hmm. I think as an East Coaster, I like being told, I like being yelled at, uh, not, <laughs> you know, just, but not in a weird sexual way, but like in a, you know, regular, uh, you know, motivation business way. So, uh, <laughs> weird, weird tangent. So I basically, that pushed me to start it, to build it. And I built it kind of sloppily. I, I, I did everything in individual HTML pages. I mean, I learned about affiliate links. I knew a little bit about Amazon or not Amazon AdSense, you know, Google mm -hmm. AdSense. And that was kind of it. That's, I kind of like had it. I knew how to do, do simple HTML pages. And I knew about those two methods of monetization. And I kind of just went with that. And meanwhile, I'm working as a stock boy, a pool, you know, assistant manager, of the pool store. And I was being like kind of flipped around between different pool stores. And I ended up becoming a marketing director of said pool store, you know, that because we had multiple locations. And it was basically just like a thing I did on the side for maybe seven to eight years. I mean, mm. and really poorly too. Like, because imagine you go to a store, you, you work in the pool industry all day. I mean, it was my, I had a full-time job and this is during even high school. And since I didn't really go to college, this is kind of, this kind of was my college. Mm -hmm. And so I was working full time and then you come home and the last thing you want to do is work on a pool site. It's just, just right. like, it's all I did all day. So it's really difficult, especially when you're a freelancer. When I, when I was doing website design as a freelancer, I was doing that while I was working at this pool store too. So it wasn't like I was just working on the, I mean, I worked at the pool store and then I 
came home and I worked on client work and I also had my own swim university site, mm-hmm. right? So, which was, so it was like these three projects that I was working on all the same time. So a lot of things, a lot of plates, uh, um, spinning, a lot of balls in the air, whatever analogy you want to use. So I don't know. I think it definitely took me longer to turn it into a full-time thing because I had so many other things and I wasn't focused on it. Mm-hmm. And it is really just difficult as a person who either has a full-time job or if you are a freelancer and want to build an asset for yourself, just know that like, you're not, it's not, per, it's not a perfect confluence of things that all fit into your favor. You kind of have to, I don't know, you just kind of have to barrel your way through it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, and you have to really want it too. I mean, I really did at the time, you know, I was like, yeah, this is going to be what I'm going to do one day but I wasn't really that into it because I was also getting paid and I was comfortable. So it's mm-hmm. hard to be comfortable and then also really be hungry for this other thing to work out. Because honestly, at the end of the day, for this other thing to work out, you have to make sacrifices, I think. Right. I mean, at least I did, I should say that I made sacrifices. I downsized my life. And for many years, you know, wh- you know all these things that I normally did and were very comfortable with, I, I got rid of all of them because I wanted it so badly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point because I was in the client services game for, I guess, about five or six years mm-hmm. before I was like, hey, I don't know what my future is going to look like. I was kind of just going on the day-to-day stuff. Yeah. And then it was like, well, what am I building here? Right. Like, am I going to be doing this when I'm like 60 years old? Like, mm-hmm. I can't picture doing that. Right. And so that's when it was like, okay, now what do I have to do? So it brought me back to the time when I was actually building my client services business when I was working full time. Right. Like, yeah. I had to carve out that time. Like, I was working full time, I was doing development full time, mm-hmm. coming home, eating dinner, mm-hmm. and doing development basically you know, Afterwards. from seven to 2 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Like, it was like another full time job. And so, mm-hmm. It is. It's, and I'm actually building a productized service now that I feel like, okay, the same thing again. back again. Right. right. And so you do have to kind of get outside of your comfort zone a little bit because yes, I would much rather like to, and <laughs> have unfortunately, <a> <laughs> unfortunately, this majority of the nights, like mm-hmm. I just sit on the couch with my wife, but yes. there are some times where I have to go and say, Hey, look, I got to build this thing. Right. Yeah. And, it's, it sucks, but you have to kind of do that. So you went from client work, mm-hmm. you went to build Swim University. I know you built some other niche sites yeah. and, and sold them as well, but then you jumped into courses and even SaaS too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So what was the decision there? Like what, what, what did that look like as far as, hey, Swim University obviously is working very well for you mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Let me go <laughs> try these other things too. Cause I'm a masochist. Uh, <laughs> I am a, you know, I look as a, I, I, I consider myself a Jack of all trades, master of none. And I do, I just have like a weird interest in every little thing. I do music production. Mm-hmm. I do videos. I do, uh, I'm making bread, I brew beer, I snowboard, I do photography, I build websites, I, you know, just, just, I just, I, I just a person who is just kind of infinitely curious and wants to learn all of these things. Sometimes I start to learn, you know, I think I want to learn something and I start learning it and I realize, eh, yeah, not for me. And then other times I get completely obsessed with it. I think homebrewing is one of those things I'm absolutely completely obsessed with. Mm-hmm. And when, as soon as I got bit, whatever it was that got me into this online space, when I started building Swim University, I'm like, I was hooked. You couldn't drag me away from the computer. That's all. I, and it's still, I still wake up every day and I want to sit at this computer and I want to make something, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is. But I think because of that, it's sort of a double-edged sword where I have this curiosity and great, you're, you can do a lot of things. You're, you're, you know, I've, I've built up these individual skills and I have them. Uh, the problem is, is that I use them all the time. And so, uh, you know, I can't just sit, I mean, I wish I was a type of person. I wish, I wish two things. I wish one, I was a type of person who would master the violin or master the piano or like literally the 10,000 hours every day, knuckles, or, or fingers bleeding from, you know, calluses of 
just mastering a single thing. And then that, and then everyone's like, that guy can play piano. But if I were that person, I'd be stupid at everything else. I would like literally for, you know, I wouldn't be able to like walk and, and go through this world without like, I don't know, getting myself killed in some way. So I, I feel like I like that I'm multifaceted and that is cool. But again, at the same time, it kind of makes me not focus. I wish, the second thing I wish is that I only had Swim University and all I did every day was write a new article about pool algae and, or create a video. And that's all I did. I had a podcast about pools and I have a, a YouTube channel about pools and I have a website about pools and all I do is pools all friggin' day. But my brain won't let me. I have the entrepreneur's disease of shiny object syndrome and I'm constantly, it's not even like, it's, I don't know what it is specifically, but I will say that just like, and I guess it's just more like curiosity. And so, yeah, I don't really know anything about running a SaaS company. I've tried four times now at this point, and I'm on my fourth like trial of trying to do this and I just won't stop. It's like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, just going to keep doing it. And I'm going to keep trying until it works out because I enjoy it so much. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a I don't want to use the word passion because I don't, it's an obsession mm-hmm. that I have. So again, I wake up every day and I just can't wait to get on this computer and do something. Mm-hmm. And not everyone feels that way. And I, I totally understand that. And I don't feel that way about everything either. Like I, there's, you know, people might be obsessed with reading and I, you know, I mean, that's like a, that's a slog for me, you know, writing's <laughs> yeah, a slog same, for me. Uh, for me. So, yep. so yeah, that's kind of like, yeah, <laughs> I, I guess like, being a jack of all trades has its problems, but then it also allows me to be, to fulfill myself personally with all these sort of elements. I hope you and yours are safe, healthy, and I presume at least at the time of this release, you're probably stuck at home at this point in time. The conversation that Matt and I had was recorded right right just at the moment in time as the COVID-19 outbreak started to impact the US. And well, times have changed. Our business has changed. The way we interact with humans has completely flipped upside down. And depending on when you're listening, like I said, you're probably still under that lockdown or that quarantine. You're still at home. See, the bottom line is that whatever happens with this and when we come out of this, what makes us human is our ability to socialize and connect and communicate with one another. So when all of this landed, I wanted to make that as easy as possible for you, but also so that you could cut through the noise, collaborate, learn, and share stories with other developers, designers, and creative professionals who are providing client services. That's why I launched Feast Club. Look, for only $5 a month, it's a low barrier to entry, but you get so much community and support. There are no more stale articles from 2008 talking about how to run your business and double your revenue. As a Feast Club member, you'll be a part of a community of like-minded client service business owners also looking to build predictable income and systems to grow their business. The support and confidence from everyone in the club helps you make great strides to achieve the goals that you set out for when you started your business. This is a private community that is sharing stories and strategies and resources for marketing, optimizing, selling, pricing, and building your services. Ultimately, it's a safe place for you to be able to communicate and get some feedback and support. It's only $5 a month. And if that sounds interesting to you, I encourage you to give it a try, at least to just see what the content is on the inside. It's a month-to-month commitment. It's a low barrier to entry. You'll get access to a private podcast, bite-sized pieces of content that I'll be sharing regularly, including what I'm working on, marketing ideas and campaigns, strategy and advice, And most relevant for you is what's working and not working in today's market. You get access to a private Slack community, access to a monthly live Q&A and virtual co-working sessions, all of this for only $5 a month. Now, I don't know for how long it's going to be $5, 
But as long as you're a member and inside now, you'll lock in that rate for your life until you are not a member anymore. So if you want to check it out and see what it's all about, join that community that's built on the saying, a rising tide raises all boats. Head on over to feastclub.co today. I actually have a theory that I'm going to run by you here in a second. Just Mm -hmm. a thought. But before I do that, and I always like to ask every single person that comes onto the show, what is your defining moment in life so far? Mm, I read that. You sent it to me. Thought a lot about it. You know, I'm going to, I'm probably going to stick to business because I'm not really sure what that means in my personal life. I think um, there's a lot of things I can think about that are both good and bad. Uh, One of the better things I did in life was move across the country with my girlfriend and live in the place that I've always wanted to live, which is Boulder and in Colorado specifically. Uh, that was really hard being a Philly boy. You know, it's like, and I do love it. I do miss it, hmm. but I did it and I moved and I'm happier here. Hmm. That was really difficult. And it really did change my life completely. My perspective changed. It got me out of, it, it got me kind of out of my own thoughts and even just meeting Steph too, who I moved out here with. It's like, she completely changed how I thought about my, even my own business. Hmm. And not because, you know, she had been, she had also been running her own business, but not, she just had a different perspective about life. She's from the West coast. I'm from the East coast. Maybe there's something about that, or maybe it's just the type of people that we are or whatever. But I would say like that probably is both a life and business defining moment mm-hmm. was, you know, one, can you live in a different part of the world and very different from where you grew up? Uh, and I moved when I was 32 and I'm not a, tra- I hate planes. I hate traveling. I just don't like doing it. Um, and so this, and like, I like my family and being away from them was like really difficult. Mm-hmm. So that was big and meeting her was very big and it kind of changed everything for the better. And then I think that moment was just a complete perspective change that I did not expect. And that's not why I was doing it. I just knew it was a better life. And I, and you know, it wasn't like when I had, it wasn't like I had a ton of money to do it. I just was like, okay, well, I'm a person who works from home and so is she, and we have the ability to live wherever we want to live. Let's mm-hmm. go explore the United States and decide where we want to go. And I've, and the both of us had for 10 years prior to meeting, wanted to live in Colorado. And so it just kind of worked out. Hmm. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that, like changing perspective and things of that nature. Like I'm a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. And in my early 20s, I worked for a consultant firm that was essentially a body shop, right? Like all the startups would hire us to build out their apps or sites okay, or yeah. wherever, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was a part of that whole dot-com explosion sort of yeah. startup realm. And I was traveling all over the place, like for a long time. And like, I just didn't think that it would bother me. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I'm in my mm-hmm. early 20s. I get to go to LA and Chicago mm-hmm. and Philly and like oh, just everywhere. But I hated it. <laughs> it was like one of these weird kind of, I'm like, why is, why do I not like this? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone tells me I should like this. Right. right? The world I, tells not you. Even, but it was even more surprising for me because I thought I would like it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I was, you know, I was in Philly for three months. I was in Chicago for four months. I was out West for a few weeks. And yeah. like, so I was living in these other places and I was just like, I miss New York. Like yeah. I got to live here. And it yeah. was just one of those weird kind of revelation moments yeah. in your own head. Like, like I was not expecting that. Like mm-hmm. I was totally going to go straight, but now we're going left. And like, it was just one of those weird things. Was it disappointing? It was. Okay. It was because I was like, I thought, and I always knew that I was going to work for myself anyway. Like, so yeah, I was I like, if, the I same could, if I could get out of New York and my dollar goes farther, right. awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of where my head was at. But I was just like, I just, I like the fast pace. I like mm-hmm. the, you know, I'm close with my family, but not overly close where we need to be within the same mile radius sure. of each other and things. So like me moving elsewhere would have been fine. But yeah. But I'm like, okay, I guess I'm a New Yorker. Right. Well, so, that's the thing too. Like, I, I mean, I didn't realize, I mean, I always liked Philly when I lived there, but I didn't realize how much I really identified with it and liked it until I moved. Mm. And then it's like, when I'm out here, it's like, where are you from? 
I'm from Philly and I'm very proud of that. And I love going back there. But when I'm in Philly and I'm visiting my family, I can't, I, the whole time I'm like, I, I want to go home and home. And it's like, I want to go back to Colorado because things mm-hmm. are just better there for me. Right, right. It's weird. It's a weird, like, I'm kind of, it's like a dual citizenship. It's like, <laughs> I have an affinity for both, but I'm not from here. So I'm not, I don't identify as a Colorado person. Um, Coloradoan? I don't know if they call themselves. Uh, see, that's how, again, I don't identify. Right, right. Um, yeah. It's interesting. So I guess from a business perspective, because mm-hmm. I, I always feel like, and this could just be my, my mental block, right? Like, I always feel like I have to be moving quickly because mm. I'm in New York. Did moving to Colorado from a business perspective allow yeah. you to slow down a little bit? Oh, oh my God, more than you'll ever know. I mean, I, yeah, that's probably, again, that, that's, that's part of like why it was a perspective change. It has nothing to do with the pace out here. I don't really notice it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't notice, you know, when I, when I was a kid and we used to go down South for like, go to beach vacation, in North Carolina, like I noticed it. Like these, mm-hmm. these people are like, they <laughs> literally move slow. Right, right. Um, out here, it's not the same. I mean, there's still a, there's still a pace. Cause a lot of people here are transient or whatever. Um, they're not like from Boulder. No one's from Boulder. I mean, I'm sure there are, but very few people. It's like four people. Yeah. It's like, wow. You're, oh, you're the guy. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're the one from Boulder. Okay. But yeah, it was, yeah, just, I mean, yeah, just there's a relaxedness. There's a, a niceness, which not used to, you know, I, mm-hmm. I call, I call what I have Jersey rage and uh, <laughs> when I'm driving or, you know, just being in line and it's no one else has it. So I'm like, well, I've got to conform to this way of life. And then it was, and it really like meeting Steph who, who isn't from the East coast, even though that's where we met, it was sort of like one, I used to think that I'm the only person who can do all this work, right? Mm-hmm. When it came to swim university, this is a big one for me. Who else in the world is going to be able to write about pool algae on the internet in WordPress uh, <laughs> who's, and, and who can write with a little bit of humor and, and has my person like, no, you know, that's that whole, I feel special. I am this person. No, Steph was one, you know, we moved out here and Steph was like, that's incorrect. She's like, look, I don't want to prove it to you, but literally just hire somebody to do one article for you. Give them the title of the article and see what they come back with. And then you have an opinion on it. And that changed everything. Cause it, cause somebody, I, I hired somebody who wasn't in the pool industry for, since he was 13, who was a, a good writer and I gave him a topic. I gave him a literal title. And a couple of days later, I had an article and I read it and I was like, oh, hold on, okay. <laughs> so, they did, okay. I'm not, it was like immediately like, you're not special. Right. And that's a good thing. It's a good yeah. thing to have that, like, you know, to deflate that ego because it was like, oh, all right, well, hold on. That opens up a whole new world for me where I don't have to write articles about algae anymore. This is amazing. Like, you know, and sort of taking that as not a blow to my ego, but to a, a benefit to my business. Right. And I don't think that would have happened if it wasn't for one, meeting Steph and two, moving out here. So yeah. um, again, like having that sort of like the ground beneath you shaking, like we're, like we're kind of currently experiencing, it kind of forces you to think about things a little bit differently. And that's always, I think, a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I'm proud to be a one man show myself. And, you know, like yourself, like reading and writing for me, like I can write, Mm -hmm. I write emails all the time. I write on my website, that sort of stuff. It's just, I don't get amped about it. No, I, I, it's hard as hell for me. And like reading is even worse. Like I'm trying (laughs) to be an example for my two sons, my my oldest son being three. So he doesn't really pay attention too much yet, but I'd love to be a reader, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. so you could just have books in the house. Just have a bookshelf. <laughs> oh, that's what I do. And, and, and you books be like, everywhere. Like, like, son, I've read, read this entire room of books. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, those things don't, I'd much rather pull up a microphone and have a conversation with somebody, yeah. you know, or something of that nature. And so for me, doing podcasts is awesome. Audio editing, yeah, same. I suck at. But I yeah. did it for a long time and I did it for the first two seasons of this show. Mm-hmm. And it was actually a stopping point for me because I was like, oh, this is going to take forever, right? Well, yeah. And, and to kind of build off of that. So I am an audio engineer. I love, I produce mm-hmm. music. I love that. Editing a podcast, which I've done for many years. I absolutely hate it. And it's not because of the audio engineering part. It's because of once you get it down, 
it becomes repetitive. Mm. And that repetitive work where there's no creative process, it's just cutting, pasting, you know, making sure the levels are right. You build a template out. It's like the same. It's like uploading a video to YouTube. Mm -hmm. There is no creativity in doing that specific task. There is creativity in writing the script. There is creativity in filming the thing. There is creativity in maybe editing a video if the first two are different. Mm -hmm. But if the right. first two are exactly the same every single time, the whole process is the same every single time, and all you do is make talking head videos where you say the same shit over and over again, then as a creative person for me, and I'm sure for you, it's like, uh, no. I, at a certain point, like, yeah, I'll do it to get the process down. But after a while, it, it starts to become a roadblock. And it's like, well, are we going to continue doing this? Because that was the same thing for Swim University. Writing was difficult, but... I knew I had to build a business. So like, mm -hmm. okay, fine. Building a business is more important than your feelings about writing. Fine. <laughs> so you, you, you basically pressure yourself and you do it and it's growing and you see the benefits of your writing, but the same thought applies as, well, this sucks still. It still sucks right. to do. Yeah. So how do you measure like it sucks, but it's helping. Mm -hmm. Oh man, that's a tough place to be in. And that is when you basically have to either, you basically have to hire out if you want to continue, right. if you know that that's going to work for you or you could, which is what I did a lot of, change directions and basically start over again, which is why, it, which is why if you look at my timeline, it takes 14 to 17 years to get to where I am today, which even today, I wish I was, you know, five mm -hmm. years ahead of, I sh I'm like, I always tell myself, you know, had you done everything right for the first, you know, couple of years, you would be way better off. But again, you didn't know you were learning. You didn't have a mentor, but you had a million mentors and you just did what you wanted. You barreled your way through it and good. Cause here you are now, you know, you're more self-aware than you've ever been mm -hmm. and you've slowed down. Cool. So everything is like, it like I wouldn't trade those 17 years for anything right? because they were exactly what I needed to go through as me. Mm -hmm. And I don't regret any of it. But at the same time, you're like, well, yeah. I mean, had I done X, I would have been, well, yeah, you can right. play that game all day. Right, right. Exactly. And then the same thing for me was I realized the power of my podcast. Like I was getting clients, I was getting mm -hmm. customers and 80% of them were hearing me through a podcast, whether it was my own or, or, or being a guest. guest on somebody. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, this is, I'm not going to write so that's terrible. Right? Yeah. So let me figure out. And so first I just hired somebody to do the editing mm -hmm. for a season or two. Um, and then I've used Adam Clark's service for like, oh. since, right? Yeah. And so, you know, for me, it's like, it's awesome. I press record and mm -hmm. I upload to Dropbox and him and his team take the rest away. And so for me, that's great. You know, for me, if I had to do the whole thing, it just, it was eye-opening because I was like, Okay, so that's the only piece of my business right now that is the roadblock, right? It's at the bottleneck. But it benefited my business. And right. so now I'm looking at other areas too that I could say, okay, well, you know, what can I do? Like who yeah, which process? And and one of the things I wanted to ask you too was and you you kind of alluded to it a little bit, was when you went to hire somebody, you gave them one finite specific task to do. Mm -hmm. Is that what you would suggest doing for those that are starting to look to bring on people? Yeah, trial. Mm -hmm. Always a trial. Um, okay. start, start small and then ramp them up. I think there's no way right now, and I've done this before and it was a terrible mistake, where you bring somebody on like, you're going to be my salesperson full time, like you're going to do it. It really needs to be slow and also the thing that I do, and this is kind of what Money Lab is for me, is Money Lab is this like testing ground where I get to do something extreme. And that ridiculous. was my theory. That was my theory oh, that before. Was, yeah. Like I was like, it built Money Lab. Like, okay, now I understand the, the actual term there. Yes. Like I always had my own thoughts, but like all of your experiments right there. Mm -hmm. And even the challenges too. It's like, so somebody said to me, hey, you should turn this into a course. You know, I, I showed them my Asana setup and they were like, you should turn this into a course. I had never done a course before. So I go, well, okay, I never built one, but if I give myself a very limited short period of time to build a course, what would you do? And with the skill sets that you have, and it's literally like being self-aware and taking stock in what you're good at. And it's because you only have seven days. Mm -hmm. And so, and why, why I chose seven days is because that's a week. 
Mm-hmm. You know, let's say you wasted, if you wasted seven days on something and it didn't pan out, oh, well, you have 52 or you have 51 more. Right. So no big, no big loss, you know, and the same thing with anything else that I do. And I didn't, this is what I didn't do at Swim University, which is why like, it took me so long to hire somebody. But what I normally do is I will have a hypothesis, whatever that is. I think uh, we should invest in Pinterest as an example for traffic, or I think we should do Facebook ads, or I think we should start a YouTube channel, or I think we should, whatever, expand our, our blog into other areas. I will personally take that responsibility onto myself as the business owner and battle test it for say a month or, or some ridiculous period of time that I will basically fail fast, you know, mm-hmm. in, that, in that way. So it's like one of the more recent ones I've done. And, and again, I'm a podcaster. I love podcasting. This is literally the easiest job in the world to me. I have the same setup where I come on, I have a script in front of me that somebody else puts together. I turn this microphone on, I hit record, I hit stop and my job is done. Like I'm the <laughs> talent. I'm literally the only the talent. But I mean, when I started doing Listen Money Matters, we did an episode every single day and I was editing all 246 episodes that first year. And even with Money Lab, the first year of Money Lab, the podcast, I edited every single one. I did the theme music. I wanted to understand the process and I wanted to prove that this was a viable business. Right. And once, it, once we started making income from the podcast, it was like, okay, I can now hand this off to somebody with confidence one episode at a time. Mm-hmm. And like, I knew exactly the process. I knew how to edit. I had a template. And it worked out. And the same thing I'm doing now with, um, you know, we're, we're doing a Pinterest uh, experiment or it was a challenge on Money Lab where I'm basically creating 100 pins by myself, uploading all of them in Buffer and scheduling them out, measuring it for a month and seeing, is, seeing if, is this something I'm going to invest in or not? Is this going to make money? Does this work? You know, and having all these metrics to measure to determine whether it's going to work or not. Yes or no? No? Fine. We don't do it. We move on. We go to the next experiment. Yes. Okay. We hire somebody and we, here's our budget because we know how much it makes. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is a, it's a, yeah, it's a testing ground because I have all these individual skills. I can go and make a hundred pins. I know how to design. Mm-hmm. The other one is the, we're doing a money lab or a swimming university podcast. Who the hell with a pool is going to listen to a podcast about chlorine? I don't know. It turns out, <laughs> it turns out four people. So that, that, yeah, that experiment's not really working out right now, but it's still like, hey, this is something I do. It's just easy for me to set up. I had a few emails from, from friends who kind of like put the bug in my ear like, hey, maybe you should try this. I developed my own hypothesis. Like, yeah, maybe I should try this. Here's, here's what I think is going to happen. Put it all together, do it in a month. And at the end of the month, yes, is it a yes or no to continue? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the whole, yeah, that's, that's how it works. Yeah, I, I do something similar, but what I find a struggle with is like when I go on to a different platform, right? So Twitter for me is my home away from home, if you mm-hmm, want to call it, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's Same. my bread and butter. However, I've tried Instagram, I've tried Snapchat, I've tried Periscope, I've yeah. tried, you know, like I've tried all these things. And right now I'm in the middle of a LinkedIn one, right? And I usually give it 30 days to just try to see something. But I, my stopping point is like, how do I play the game over there? Oh, how do you get through that like barrier? Like I try to educate yeah. myself. I don't want to be that dumbass that's just blasting things that yeah. are the same on every platform. You're like, how do you get through that or do you not really worry about it? Yeah. Well, so what I'm doing is I will go and look up a strategy. So I will take somebody else's advice and then kind of like put it through my own, you know, Mm-hmm. brain and ethical treatment of whatever and go like, who would, how, you know, you just kind of filter it. Mm-hmm. Right. So even with the, you, you could tell that you could see this in the Pinterest experiment that we're doing or the Pinterest challenge, which is like, I got this huge strategy that I paid for. Like I bought a course, I took the course, I understand the strategy. I distilled the strategy into what I believe is going to work. That is my hypothesis. And then I'm literally creating a hundred pins by myself in like four or five days, like just not putting as much time and effort into it, not prolonging it and really kind of extreme testing a strategy Mm -hmm. and measuring based on that extremity of, is this going to work or not? So with like something like LinkedIn, I would 
basically go and take someone's strategy and put it to the test in an extreme way Got it. in a very short period of time. You know, like, oh, it takes 30 days to make a course. <sighs> okay, here's how I make a course. Like take the whole course on making a course. Now do it in a week, you know? Right. And, and yes, you have to make compromises. You have to make sacrifices to do that, but you will find out very quickly if it's something you should do or not. And honestly, like when I did the Asana course, holy shit, that was like, I'm so glad I did it. And I can't believe I did it. And I did it in six days. Couldn't believe I did it in six days. And I couldn't believe how much it paid off for my business over the last four years. Mm. It's just unbelievable. And so that's why I always take things to the extreme. And especially on the internet, because you can always do them better later. You know, obviously you can't build a physical product in right. seven days. It'll be a, it'll be a monstrosity. It'll be terrible, <laughs> but, it, right. but you can do it with a digital product. You can create an ebook that's not really well designed. That's kind of thrown together and put it out there and see if people are interested and obviously improve once you figure out that they are and give yeah. them that for free. You know, like the first book I ever, the first digital product I ever made was a 55 page book on how to take care of your hot tub that I sold for $19. And it was 55 pages, which wasn't a lot of information, but I was more of a designer than a writer. So every single page was designed to the max. Mm -hmm. And that was what I thought was valuable. And people bought it. And then I realized, okay, I was getting some returns saying like, there's not that much information in here. And so we updated it. Like now that I knew there was a viable product, I updated it, made it uh, three times the size, got rid of a lot of the, you know, over designy things so that people could actually print it and not waste all the ink in their printer. And all of a sudden I was able to charge more for it and people were much more happier with it. But everyone who had bought the first book got the second one for free. Right. Because it's like, that's just the ethical thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's smart. I like the, the fact that going to the extreme, right? Mm -hmm. So like for me right now, LinkedIn, I did it for like, I was going to give it a month. Mm -hmm. I gave it like three whole weeks of posting every weekday yeah. around the same time, maybe juggling the time, but in a certain format with certain calls to actions and things like that. And I just saw it kind of like, eh. Just plateaued? Yeah. Or like, just never picked up? Well, it picked up, yeah. but then it just kind of flattened. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, but if I had said, let me post four times a day, mm -hmm. maybe I would have seen something different because one of the things that I, one of the experiments I did was a Facebook live like a year and a half ago. I did it for 21 straight days at the same exact time every day. Yes. And so what I found with that was the first five sucked. I had like two mm. people come in and then it picked up. But then once I hit that sixth and seventh and eighth, then I was like, it was like 25, 75, yeah. 150, like all of a sudden it exponentially. So I guess the algorithm so to speak. Picked up, yeah, I picked up on what you were doing. Picked on what I was doing every week, yeah. every day. So that's the, that's the other thing. So I like that. I'm going to actually take that part of it and be like, okay, when I'm my next experiment, I'm just going to go overboard. Yeah. And you do that to learn fast. Right. Right. And I think you could do this with a lot of things. I think like Facebook ads is probably the prime example. It's, it's like, yeah, you could spend $5 a day over the next six months or you can, you can kind of do it all in one week and figure out pretty quickly. But the thing that I try to avoid is to go into it with no plan. Yeah. You know, it, you have to have a plan and you also have to have a measurable outcome of where you can make the yes or no decision, right? So in the case of say the podcast that we're doing, this podcast ex, uh, experiment where I'm doing a podcast about pools, the bottom line is, is it going to make money, mm -hmm. you know? And we have a three phase plan to go through it. And if we get through all three phases and at the end, it doesn't make $600, then it's dead. It's a dead project. Mm -hmm. We move on. If it makes more than that, then we go, okay, well then how much more? And then the question is if it makes more and it passes the first goal, will it sustain the second month and right. will it sustain the third month? And then it's like, okay, well, once it starts to taper off, we can delete it. But at least during that time, we can afford to keep it moving. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, it's kind of just thinking of that. But then there's also like huge gambles that I take. There's huge, you know, as an entrepreneur, you take risks. And, you know, doing this whole lasso uh, SaaS product that I'm working on is a, is a risk. We're putting a lot of time and effort and money into this thing, hoping that it'll pay off in the, in the end. We don't really know, mm -hmm. um, but we have a good, strong guest and we have experience in it. So there's that, you know, we're not just like gambling. We're not just putting everything right. on black. 
we know how we know who built the roulette table. So it, it, I think it's and that's a terrible analogy because even that doesn't get you. You can still put it all on black and lose. You know who built the wheel. Yeah, unless yeah, unless you know how <laughs> magnets work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if that's a thing. So um, yeah, it is sort of like this. It's essentially what Money Lab has always been is is this like well the one thing too is the way that I present myself there is I don't know shit mm-hmm. personally never have never will you can ask me for advice I don't really know what to tell you <laughs> all I'll ever tell you is I don't know try it and let me know how it works out and I do the same thing at Money Lab where I have a hypothesis about my specific brand about my thing and I'm going to do this thing I'm going to promise that I'm going to do this thing. And I'm just going to document the thing. And at the end, I'm going to share the numbers and I'm not, I'm going to tell you what I learned from the experience. And then I'm going to move on. Never do I ever say I did this and you should too. Mm. You know, I never, I just omit that last part because I I don't know. You could try it on your site and it would fail. And I'd be like, well, I don't know. And at the end of the day, I don't, I don't know why it failed. It worked for me. (laughs) I have a pool site. What's your site? Not pools. I don't know. Yeah. I love how you do that. Like you have these running blog posts of like yeah. hey, updated, updated, updated. And I do like that. I think one of the ones that I had found maybe a year ago or two, or actually it was right around the time of Spruce because oh, of yeah. what I'm doing with my business, I was looking for a dashboard. Yeah. And what I was struggling with, and I, I think I found a solution finally, but for like two years, I was trying to figure out how I could pull in money how I could pull in ESPs Mm -hmm. and how I could pull in website data all into one simple dashboard. Yep. And one of the posts that I had saw yours was about was that Google um, data studio. Oh, that that one. And then I went over to Spruce. The failed one. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I was like, all right. I was probably like one of the few customers on there, but you know, for me, it was like one of those things. It was like, you know, like, I was like, oh, I love this because yeah. like I'm I'm very much the same. Like I love to try to learn out loud and bring people along for the ride to see, mm-hmm. you know, and and just try to like, you know, hey, this is what I did. I yeah. reached down my business, I focused, I really just called my clients. I was gonna cater to convert kit and drip and mm-hmm. everybody else was gone and mm-hmm. I was doing WooCommerce. This is the you know, I'm not gonna worry about Magento and like all these other right. things. And so, you know, for me it was like this is what accelerated my business. And, you know, hopefully it can too, if you get that specific. Like yeah. That's what worked for me. Yeah. So I, I love the documentation though. You know, it's you brought up the whole like it's an ever updating blog post that kind of keeps getting added to. And I had that idea. And I don't think I've never seen that before and I've not seen it since. No. That's weird. Yeah. You know what it is? It's the fear factor. It's the imposter syndrome stuff. Like I I just rattled off five experiments that I did, but I didn't Mm -hmm. document any of them. Mm -hmm. Like it was just, I was in my own silo. I was like, if I fall flat. Yeah. No one knows. It's going to suck. But you know, there was always these learning experiences that I took. I documented it. You know, I could probably just pull up Evernote and just, Hey, because I did the same thing. Like I would just document my path and stuff, but it's got me thinking a little bit more about like what I'm doing for the productized service and things like that. Like that people are looking to me now, like, Hey, how's that going? And think I'm like, hey, you know what? I should tell people if I had the time to write. Yeah, <laughs> like, show your work, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I love that. So before I let you go, mm-hmm. um, what's up next in the next six, 12 months? You know, well, things are up in the air as, as we, uh, you know, the this timing of this podcast, although it doesn't make it evergreen, but I do, you know, business is still moving. And so I do have some ideas. So currently we're working on the um, weir me, the royal weir. Uh, we're, I'm working on this podcast that's called Pool School, which is a, um, I have, you know, the Swim University, which is a pool site. And we're trying to see if a podcast is a secondary marketing engine. So far, it's not, but you can read all about, what, you know, all the work that's been done there. Um, the second thing we're doing is this Pinterest experiment, because we're trying to see if we can open up an additional marketing channel at Swim University that's viable, that actually makes money. Uh, so that'll, that'll be interesting and I think it'll work, but we'll see. Hmm. We're looking at doing more YouTube stuff on Swim University. That's what we're currently working on. And they're going to be animated videos as opposed to my talking hmm. head, which used to, which is what I used to do. Um, we're going to do, we might expand some of the product line at Swim University, which will all be documented at Money Lab. 
Money Lab itself is just kind of like my favorite thing ever. I just, there's nothing about it I hate. I kind of like it exactly where it is. And everything that I talk about will be documented there in some capacity. And the biggest thing that I think we're working on is Lasso, which is not weird. It's it's not the Royal Weird. It's me and Andrew, who's my co-host on Listen Money Matters and Money Lab, both those podcasts. And yeah, we're building an affiliate marketing plugin that's a, a SaaS product that we've just recently completely kind of redesigned and rebuilt from the ground up. Uh, in our second version that's going to be releasing probably in April of 2020. And yeah, it's going to be a big one, I think. That's like, and that's, and I'm fully documenting all that at Money Lab. It's just going to be one fat post that gets dropped on everybody because there's already been two other posts about it. (laughs) Uh, And this one's going to be like, hey, this is how you make over. Like we did a complete total makeover of this like product based on all our customer feedback. And so I think that'll be really interesting to kind of see every lit I mean we I literally documented every single design choice like why we chose this why we chose that why we made it this move why we moved this here all that stuff which I think will be fascinating to read when it's all said and done it's already like a 4,000 word article and I haven't even like we're not even halfway through it um so it'll be pretty massive and then like yeah basically throughout the summer it's going to be just like all hands on deck with creating content we're just that's the thing it's like it's all about for me, creating as much content as possible. Um, that includes articles at Money Lab, videos, podcasts, um, Swim University, the same thing, and Lasso, the same thing. So it's just, you know, and now everyone's kind of uh, currently working from home. People need content, people need shit to read and watch and do and listen to. So um, that's kind of my job in this is to, is to provide uh, entertainment and education value. So that's what I'm gonna do. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll link up everything in the show notes, obviously. Um, but definitely go check out Matt over at moneylab.co. Mm-hmm. Lasso, I have some questions for you. Yeah. We could maybe talk just right after this. Sure. But as far as you know, everything else that was mentioned, the podcast and everything, I'll link that up in the show notes for sure. Thanks, Matt, for your yeah. time, sharing your experience and wisdom today. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Thanks. And for everyone listening, until next time. It's your time to live in the feast. If you enjoyed today's episode, I can speak for both Matt and myself by saying that we'd love to hear the one takeaway that you got from this episode. It's really easy. In the podcast app of your choice, presumably this one, drop in a comment or a review sharing your takeaway or go ahead and share it in a tweet and tag me at res that's with three z's don't forget to also push that subscribe button so that you'll be the first to listen in next week when we'll be back with sarah massey sarah is a designer and designer mentor and she's built her business with a strict process around day rates so until then Stay safe, stay healthy, and it's your time to live in the feast.